I'm Ray Rogers. And I'm Annie Evans, co-host of today's episode. You're listening to Fix This, a podcast exploring tech ideas and solutions to some of today's largest challenges. For centuries, visually impaired people and allies have been tenaciously discovering and inventing new ways to make daily life more accessible. One of the first known examples is a mural of Herculaneum, which many believe shows a blind man with a guide dog dating back to about 100 AD. And in the 1700s, at a hospital for the blind in Paris, dogs were trained to help patients. Guide dogs remain an important and special relationship to help visually impaired people navigate day-to-day life. And today, in 2022, technology plays an equally important role in creating accessible tools and solutions for the visually impaired community. Guide Dogs is a nonprofit organization based in the United Kingdom, dedicated to creating services and trainings to improve the lives of all those affected by sight loss. As the world's largest breeder and trainer of working dogs, Guide Dogs noticed an opportunity to expand its services and look to the cloud to power its future. Guide Dogs innovates on Amazon Web Services to give dog owners the information they need to feel confident and independent. By building on AWS, Guide Dogs has created an Amazon Alexa skill that allows users to ask frequently asked questions regarding caring for their dog, caring for themselves, and more, all in a user-friendly way using just their voice. To learn more about how Guide Dogs is using AWS to build an accessible future, Bray chatted with Phil Bowers, Assistive Technology Architect at Guide Dogs, and Leah Hampton O'Neill, Senior Product Manager for Guide Dogs. Take a listen. My name's Leah Hampton O'Neill. My role is to look at Guide Dogs offering for uh, people with a visual impairment when it comes to technology. So, for example, providing access to that technology, providing advice and guidance around that technology, or working with companies to try create technology that is as accessible as possible. Hi, my name's Phil Bowers. I look after all the visually impaired people in Guide Dogs and their technology needs. When a new visually impaired person starts to work at Guide Dogs, they'll talk to me and we'll work out what technology they need to work well in Guide Dogs. What is the mission of Guide Dogs and how many people does the organization reach each year? Guide Dogs' mission is about giving people in the UK with a visual impairment the ability to live a life that they choose. So that that means living independently, living actively, living well. Um, And we do this through many different methods. Our name obviously points to one of them, which is providing guide dogs to people with a vision impairment. And Phil is part of a group of about 4,800 people who we created a partnership with, uh, but we have other services such as My Sighted Guide, where volunteers help people with a vision impairment reach certain goals by working together towards that goal, um, as well as children's services such as printing customized book with large prints or education support, for example. So we try to reach as many people as we can as uh, those 2 million people in the UK um, thought to have a visual impairment. Before a dog is ready to be paired with someone like yourself, an owner, what does its training look like and how do you prepare for that relationship to begin? The one thing I think a lot of people don't understand about being trained with a guide dog is that the dog has already been trained for 18 months before you ever see that dog. And when you go to be trained with your guide dogs, guide dogs are not training the guide dog. The, the guide dogs. Um, charity is training the person 
to work with the guide dog. So um, the dog will go through all the different stages of puppy walking, where volunteers will puppy walk the dog and get the basic training in place. Um, and then once the dog has sort of got to a certain level, then a, a professional guide dog trainer will take over and they use a, a process called STEP, which is um, a, a sort of a, a reward process. To, so train the dog to do something really complicated, then the dog gets re rewarded for doing it. Um, then when the when I come along as a, as, a, as a guide dog owner, that dog is all ready to go. And basically guide dogs are going, right, this is how you work with a guide dog this is how the this is how you react in these certain situations the, the training goes on forever uh, my dog's nine years old but if i go out with my dog and he does something wrong i still have to correct him and say come on you've got to do that properly we can't we can't do that otherwise you know we, we, we might get into danger so you always are reinforcing that training all the way through the whole of your partnership with your dog and we wouldn't be able to do what we do at Guide Dogs without all our wonderful volunteers who um, take care of the dogs while we're training them, uh, as well as um, Phil mentioned our puppy raisers who uh, take care of the dogs for a whole year while they're puppies and teach them the basics with the help of our uh, staff. So, yeah, the volunteers are so central to to what we're able to do. You made a really important distinction that the owner themselves also need training on how to maintain this relationship with the guide dog. What does that training for the person look like? Meet with the, the guide dog trainer who's trained the dog and say, um, this is Ranger, which is the name of my guide dog. And they would say, he's good at this. He likes this. You know, they, they, they identify what the dog is good at. So if, if uh, Ranger wasn't good at um, trains and I did a lot of work on trains then I wouldn't get that dog that I would get a dog that would actually match my needs and the trainer works that out before I get that dog um, the, the trainer would then say you know ask me what I need to do what I want to do and then we would we would go and learn roots we would learn all about his health his care so they teach you how to groom teach you how to check for lumps and bumps and you know check his teeth yeah, and claws and you know, make sure that and guide dogs also do all the vet stuff for you so it, it's not just uh, the trainer trains you guide dogs support the dog in every way all the way through its life even after retirement um they, they'll find the dog uh, if you can't keep the dog they'll, they'll find somewhere good for the dog to go to so it's a real you know a puppy to retirement um process what spurred the idea to start this alexa skill and can you tell us a little bit about um how it went from an idea to being released devices like amazon echoes are very accessible because it's all done by voice and alexas have already made a massive difference in the life of people with vision impairment with helping them with uh for example being able to control the heating in their house or uh, knowing what the weather is like, being able to ask any question using your voice and hearing the response that way rather than having a visual um, screen to look at. Um, and so we organized a large workshop with as many experts as possible on the relationship between a guide dog owner and a guide dog and around the training and the full customer journey, as well as uh, having guide dog owners there. And we mapped out the customer journey. One of the main things we wanted to make sure was that it had a very 
navigable structure of all the answers because um, sometimes you don't know what you don't know. So we we created kind of a tree-like structure where when you ask a question, you can always go back to the questions beforehand or dig deeper into the answer. So that meant that at any point you were never lost within the skill. You always had somewhere to go and find out more information through a lot of testing, uh, tried to make that as accessible as possible. Um, and um, and we uh, used copywriters to make sure that um, we could capture as many questions as possible because it's quite easy to write the answer. It's making sure that um, the uh, Alexa knows which question to, which answer to give to the question that someone's asked because it's always surprising how people ask questions and that is uh one of the big testing that phil did actually himself he asked uh, every single question in the book <laughs> that's quite a lot of information what types of questions and what are the categories that you can ask the alexa skill the main information that's in there is based on those pain points we identified in the customer journey. So it is around working your guide dog and caring for your guide dog. So it has lots of information on those different topics. So like, for example, under working your dog, you can get information around the different commands that the dog is trained to respond to, as well as the information on how dogs learn. Um, and so that um, the uh, owner can always know how to keep the dog on track um, while caring for your dog is going to have things like uh, first aid uh, and if a dog has eaten food that it shouldn't have um, as well as how to make sure that your dog stays in the right weight and stays healthy so um, lots of information to to go through and that really um it, it grows bit more than you think it will <laughs> what impact has the alexa skill had on individuals as they navigate their day-to-day -day lives have you heard any interesting anecdotes you know i've been a guide dog owner this is my third guide dog and you, you sort of think yeah i know it all but i don't you go back and and you listen to this stuff and you go yeah, I'm, I'm not, I need to sort of think about that. I need to, to you know, do that properly next time I do that. It, it, and it's that sort of thing. And, and it is, it's just like reminding you. And in on the odd occasion, you know, Ranger goes and cuts his paw or something. It's like, right, what do I do? You know, ask Alexa. Yeah. Yeah, let's just see, you know, it would say ring the vets, but it, it's sort of, uh, what do you do in the meantime before you get to the vet? Ranger's done something. I'm not sure why he's doing this, you know, Maybe let's have a listen to the Alexa, see what they have to say. And a good reminder of what foods dogs are allergic to. <laughs> oh, don't get me started on the allergies of foods. I went through all those questions. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> how are you going to continue to bake accessibility into every aspect of the Guide Dogs UK organization and the products and services that you're releasing? And specifically, what's next for the Alexa skill? Um, so accessibility is at the center of everything we do our guide dogs um, like Phil said at the beginning his role exists to make sure that everything we bring into guide dogs as well as put out there is tested and made sure that it is accessible it's very much at the center of everything we do um, and uh, we uh, are constantly looking at our um, at our services to make sure that they are as accessible as possible. So, um, for example, 
this project uh, took the guide dog owner manual, which was uh, a printed document and turned it into this audio guide in the Alexa. And we are constantly adding more and more questions to the Alexa to make sure that um, people can get that information in an accessible way. Uh, but we're also doing lots of different projects thinking about accessibility and um, and what's been great with this uh, project as well is that um, AWS um, has let us work with their source code and, and make sure that um, all the chatbots and Alexa skills that are created in the future, if they use this code, will also be accessible, making sure that the world becomes more and more accessible <laughs> in the future. Um, in terms of what's next for guide dogs, we have really uh, lots of uh, great ideas, uh, including making sure that we can talk directly to our users and get that feedback from them as to how um, how the skill is doing and understanding what questions they still have that we need to add and adding more information around visual uh, care. So tips and hints around what to do for different uh, eye conditions, for example. Uh, and I know Phil has lots of great ideas as well. <laughs> There's so much you could do with the Alexa, so much information. It doesn't just have to be for visually impaired people. You know, it doesn't have to be just for guide dog owners. It can be for volunteers. It can be, be parents of visually impaired children or, or, or in, in most cases, there's a lot of people of, of an older age who start to lose their sight and they really want that information. They need to know it's, it's a fear. So if, if you can help them waylay that fear and say, look, it's not going to be so bad. This is, this is where you're at. This is what's happening. The, the Alexa skill could actually do that. It can, it can provide that information and give contact points. So on the Alexa skill now, there's, you know, there's a telephone number to ring the guideline at guide dogs. So you can talk to somebody about what's going on. So it's, it's mind-blowing. I, I can't even stop thinking about the amount of different <laughs> things we could do with the Alexa skill, how big it could become and how important. And it's, it, it, yeah, it, it's, it's enormous. It really is. I, I think there's, uh, yeah, lots of uh, different ways we can make it work better. Yeah, opportunities. Yeah, definitely. We're definitely at the beginning of the journey. You know, what we've got out there now is a good start, but we can improve on it hundredfold and make it really really useful to visually impaired people across the country even if they don't talk to guide dogs directly they can ask questions and guide dogs will be able to answer those questions what are some of the benefits of building on the cloud as you look to include accessibility in everything that you're doing i think what's been great of working on the cloud is uh, the ability to really create some something accessible and work with the code and make sure that um, other people will be able to use that code and it's it's been really great working um, towards an accessible chapel and an accessible Alexa skill because what it shows to other companies is that it is really possible to do that in the cloud and make sure that people can get the information they need when they need it. And a thing for me was with the cloud, um, the developers were developing it in London. Uh, Leia was talking about it in another part of the country, and I was testing it in another part of the country. We never met to do the testing. <laughs> it was all done via the cloud. You know, it was just it was just there, and, and we were set up so that we could use it. It's, it was just so flexible. And we were developing this in, in times of um, lockdown and COVID. So it, it, it's, uh, 
it, it's the cloud was just we wouldn't have been able to do it without the cloud. If you liked today's episode, listen back to some of our previous episodes covering diversity, equity, and inclusion, like episode 66, Powering Creativity and Collaboration with Netflix, to hear how the cloud powers tools that bridge distance and provide ways for creative teams to collaborate from virtually anywhere. And remember to join the conversation on social media with hashtag FixThisByAWS. A huge thank you to our guests, Phil and Leah, and thank you for tuning in. If you like today's show, please remember to subscribe, rate, review, and share. We'll be here on the next one.